The first Grand Slam of 2021 has been run and won. It's Naomi Osaka in the women's draw and Novak Djokovic for a ninth time in the men's draw of the Australian Open. It's been an interesting two weeks. We've had to deal with COVID. We've had to deal with a lockdown, no crowds, full crowds, underarm serves, and much, much more. And we're going to review it all tonight here post the men's final on Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Febo. Very thrilled that I finally got an intro done on the first crack instead of having to repeat it a couple of times like Joel uh, Joel uh, so fondly reminds me of. And Joel Frucci does join me over the line on Zoom. Joel, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Maybe I should uh, give you a Benoit of the week for uh, your effort on Wednesday. Took you a few goes. <laughs> Cats out of the day just quietly. But, yeah, uh, no, we'll get to that later in the show. But uh, yeah, just uh, straight off the men's final um and yeah it goes without saying it was pretty disappointing in the end wasn't it Novak got it done fairly easily number nine and um yeah what we all thought was probably going to be certainly a much closer contest was yeah really anything but in the end it was disappointing that was one of the biggest fizzes of a men's grand slam final i've ever seen in my life it was terrible Mm. it was genuinely terrible there was, and I, I put up yeah. a, I put up a tweet, Joel, uh, probably about three hours ago, or maybe actually no, because the match hadn't started three hours ago, and we're all happy. Um, but there was, I think it was, uh, might have been an hour ago, but the top three biggest fizzes of a grand of a men's Grand Slam final in recent memory, all three of them involved Novak Djokovic. The twenty nineteen <laughs> Australian Open final, him and Rafa, that was supposed to be an epic. This or tonight was just an absolute disaster of a final and definitely not what anybody wanted. And then the 2020 French Open, Rafa just wiped the floor with Novak. And, you know, it's just, it was just like, look, he was, he was fantastic in his 7-5-6-2-6-2 win over Daniel Medvedev. But... Yeah, his level was unbelievable. It was. And the intent was there from the outset. We knew he was ready to go because he hit that 144 kilometre an hour return off one of Medvedev's serves in Medvedev's first service game. And it was just like, okay, he's, he's ready. He's here. He wants number nine. And the mental fortitude of the next generation is just so, so far behind the big three that it's not even funny. And tonight was so evident of how disappointing it is that they still can't crack through. They should be in the peak of their careers right now, Joel. Medvedev is 25 years old. He should be in peak physical condition, had played four less hours on court than Novak Djokovic. He'd only hit one double fault for the entire tournament. One. And then tonight, in the first two and yeah, a half sets, yeah. in, in the first two and a half sets, he had four. He, he didn't serve well in any way, shape, or form. He had four for the whole night. Um... But quadrupled his his tournament tally. Um, it, it was it was an absolute disaster for Daniel Medvedev. He just imploded mentally. Novak sort of put the stranglehold on him early with that first set um, and and breaking him at um, at six five up. And then from there on, Medvedev broke at the start of the second. And from there on in, I think he only won another three games. So it was really disappointing from a Daniel Medvedev standpoint. And um, yeah, to not to not come through that tonight with at least a set after you know building and building since that 2019 U.S. Open final, I think Joel is um, is quite disappointing. 
Yeah, it really was disappointing. And we talk of the resolve of the, I guess, the, the next gen, as we're calling them. Um, the, the problem remains for them, I think, that they are still just, unfortunately for them, are just battling in the wrong era with guys like Novak, Roger, Rafa, just these ageless guys. Um, and just the way that Novak plays, we see it again and again, and we saw it again tonight. Um, just the man's consistency is just like nothing I've ever seen before. He is, like, I've run out of superlatives to how utterly consistent the man is. It's just insane. Um, and we were talking about it before, about how it really was um, a fizzer of a final and quite disappointing. That was from a viewer point of view in that we wanted, you know, a contest and we wanted to see Novak challenge but his level was just absolutely phenomenal it, it really was so credit to him in that respect but yeah when you flip the coin and have a look at Daniel Medvedev um he had a great tournament don't get me wrong obviously he had that scare against Philip Kranovich in um, the third round but apart from that um looks really good against Stefanos Tsitsipas in the semi-final he was absolutely brilliant and even um tonight Sunday night as we record um in flashes had some good moments but just couldn't sustain it and the one big problem with Daniel, as we saw evidently again tonight, is the man just hates being at the net. And I find that strange for a guy who's six foot six. Yeah. If you're six foot six, that should be one of your biggest strengths. Um, if you can serve and volley and hit a good approach shot, get into the net and have that nice wingspan and just crush the ball at the net, short on the points, that should be a huge advantage. And we know that Daniel is good at the baseline. He's a great rallier. He's a great ball striker. But the fact that he is a lot weaker at the net is a real concern for man. I think if he is going to uh, break through for that maiden slam, he's made two finals now, the US Open and now the Australian Open, he really needs to fix that component of his game and really make the, the most of the fact that he is such a such a tall guy um, and has the athleticism to go with it too. Yep, 100%. And yeah, the, the net game is, is a real worry for him. And just to reiterate you, your statement on Novak Djokovic tonight, um, 60, so he won on Daniel Medvedev's second service points. Novak Djokovic won 61% of the return points on Medvedev's second serve. Clobbing him. And not to mention that, on Medvedev's first serve points, um, he hadn't dropped over 30% of points. Actually, he hadn't dropped over 23% of points on his first serve. Djokovic took 32% of the points on Daniel Medvedev's first serve. And... 61 on the second. That is monumental. <laughs> monumental with what he was able to do. But it brings me to the point, Joel, because there's tweets about how Novak has never served better, um, never played better, had an unbelievable final. Where's this injury? Where is it? Mm. I, I'm genuinely at a loss for a man who said that if it wasn't a grand slam, he would have pulled out. How can you get better and better and better and better and better? I call bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm I, I don't understand. I would honestly, I want to see the diagnosis publicly that there was a tear there mm. because I don't believe I it. I stand now. by my word. I stand by my word from the other night. Curious. That's the word I'll use. And yep. I stand by that word. Yep. I'm. Yeah. I am very, very, very perplexed as to how you can get so much better throughout a tournament and look it's because oh look I've got bursitis in my hips Joel and I want whatever Novak has done 
to fix his tear because I'll be able to go run a half marathon tomorrow. That's uh, it'll be easy. I'll get it done easy if he's able to come out, beat Ranić in four, beat Zverev in four, destroy Karatsev and destroy Daniel Medvedev. I'm sorry, where there's no tear. There is absolutely no tear. He says he's getting an MRI tomorrow. Has already had one and says that it's all about the slams and he's going to take a break now. I, I honestly, I don't believe there was anything at any point because you can't play that well with an abdominal tear because it's going to get worse. A hundred percent, it's going to get worse. And he said he did everything in his waking hours to manage it. But I'm sorry. It's, it, there comes a point where this guy has done this time and time and time again. And I know people are going to get a bit get sick of me harping on about, you know, Djokovic. We've had Facebook comments about, you know, the Djokovic bashing. I'll stop when common sense prevails. And there's been a severe lack of common sense and there's been a severe common denominator in these situations. So, look, that's my, that's all I'm going to say. But I don't. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Do not buy it for a second. But let's move into um, let's move into a bit of discussion now. I want to ask you about a couple of things now. How Dominic Team is now below Daniel Medvedev on the in the rankings, but he is. Yeah, he is. In my opinion tonight, I've seen a few tweets. He is still by leaps and bounds ahead of Medvedev when it comes to beating the big three in a Grand Slam. And team is the only the I don't I don't think Medvedev can do it now after tonight I'm I've lost a lot of confidence in Daniel Medvedev's game, but I think Dominic team is probably leaps and bounds ahead of Daniel in actually contending for slams and beating these big three guys because we saw the U.S. Open semi final last year it was team in straight and then this year team didn't look too he didn't look right against Grigor Dimitrov in the fourth round. But yeah, I, I'm. He gassed yeah, after he that Kyrgios match. He did. I reckon there was a little bit of a niggle because he didn't really want to admit it, but I think there was. Is he ahead of Medvedev in your opinion, and how much by? If he is. Yeah, look, it's a tough one. I think you'd probably have to say yes purely on the basis that Dominic Team has broken through. He's won a Grand Slam. Um, I think for me, that's that's at the moment Val the only real kind of defining factor. Um. Yeah, I, I, I look I look and compare the two games. Obviously, Dominic and Daniil are different makeups. Um, the the weapons are a bit different. The games are a bit different. But I look at their all round games, and you probably have to say that Dominic is probably more complete than what Daniil is because I don't think Dominic really has a weakness as such. Whereas if you look at Daniil's game, I think he does have one, and we've already spoken mm-hmm. about that, and that's when he approaches at the net, which really, to reiterate, probably shouldn't be a weakness for a guy of his size. But, yeah, look, I think on balance, probably there's probably a bigger hole with Daniil as opposed to Dominic. But, look, I still believe that Daniil can um, can actually go on and, and win a slam. I think he has got um, – he's got the components, um, and we've seen what happens when they can come together. But, yeah, for him – um, there's, there's just still a few things that need to come together and look the positive again we talk about the fact that Roger's still there Novak's still there and Rafa is still there and we, we think that could be there for a little while longer yet but look Danil's got age on his side he's 25 years old probably the next couple of years I think he'll really 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 start to hit that, that peak um, of, of his career and 
Um, look, with him, I really just hope that he goes away and, and um, you know, takes some lessons against Novak because he really did get taught a lesson and um, there were uh, pretty clear parts um, that he can take away and look at and work on. Yep, 100%. And, and yeah, I think that's that's the key for him, that he's that he just needs to learn from this. And he seemed pretty upbeat after the match, which is good. Um, he's already tweeted and just said, look, not the result I wanted. Great speech. <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah, it was. he's fantastic. And he's such a wonderful character of, of tennis. And hopefully he can break through because he's 25. And I think he's made two slam finals now. The pressure is going to start to mount. But Dominic Team did it after, Absolutely. after what, 2018 and 19 and 20. He did it in his fourth attempt. Um, so Medvedev still definitely has time on his side. But... Yeah, it's, um, I think after tonight, it just showed that there was still such a big gap um, between the big three and and the rest. They've won 58 of the last 70 slams, for God's sake. It's it's pretty damn impressive. And I think Dominic Team is the first, or the I think only the second man in the last 11 years or so, or the first second man in forever, um, along with Andy Murray in 2016 at Wimbledon, to actually win a Grand Slam without beating one of the big three. So it's um it, it, Dominic team is is in definitely like uncharted territory, but still needs to beat one of those big three en route to a slam title as well. So um yeah the next gen still have a lot of work to do. We'll move over to the women's draw Joel where it was uh where it was Naomi Osaka who absolutely destroyed Jennifer Brady six four six three in the final. She was she was genuinely phenomenal in the way that she went about her business and she was the win over Serena in the semifinal after Serena went up to love pretty quickly. She wrestled that momentum back in fine fashion and was able to was able to negate the power of Serena. And I'll ask you about Serena after we, we chat about Naomi and Jennifer Brady. But I think that we have found the Williams successor. I think it is there for us sure. playing yep. to see. And Ash Barty will remain the world number one after the Australian Open. But I think the world number one in the people's eyes and the favourites, and the favourites, sorry, for most of the Grand Slams coming up is Naomi Osaka because she was uh, magnificent. And that's all I can say. She was, after that game against, the match against Gabinye Muguruza where she was down two match points and she rallied back and won. It was it was an epic fight back and an epic tournament um, from the four time now four time Grand Slam champion. Yeah, well said, mate. And it's not like it's a surprise, really, because we've been talking about Naomi as essentially the Serena successor for a long time. She's got a lot of the the attributes that um, Serena is is so famous for in the women's game. She's such a such a power hitter um, and. It's pretty rare that we have that, and um, you look at, I guess, players like obviously Serena's still around. You look at her, we look at Naomi, and we look at Arena Sabalenka. They're probably the three that really possess that. But yeah, um, you know, I think I think Naomi's probably got the best all-round game now of those three, which includes the shot making, includes yeah. um, the fitness, and probably the temperament as well. So I think she's really just put it all together, and um, it's it's uh, you know it's it's terrific that she's been able to do it. Uh, at such a young age as well, I'd probably still classify her as being young, probably on the on the precipice of, of really, I think, becoming, um, you know, um, becoming an experienced, seasoned player. And you, we can already make a case for that. I mean, she's won four Grand Slams now. So, um, but yeah, look, as far as 
uh, as far as Serena's successor is concerned, we've absolutely found it and, yeah, really put an exclamation mark on it um, by knocking over Jennifer Brady in the final, who um, I think it's fair to say, I, I think at least, Val, that she's probably the improved player um, on the WTA of the past uh, two years. She's done a lot of good things in the last couple of years, won a, won a title, um, a tour-level title, and she's up to world number 13 now, which is great for her. Um I've seen people point to her draw this tournament and, and said that um, she's had a, an easier run, which, look, on paper might be true, but the reality of it is she could only beat what's in front of her. She made the final, and it's a massive her um, to make a first Grand Slam final. And I can only imagine her building on that for you. Yeah, and that's you are 100% correct, Joel, and I think the way that you've described her tournament um, in general, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you come up against. Yes, you know, it's an easy draw. Whatever. She still managed to get there. She still fought off the mental demons. It was an epic match against yeah. Carolina Mukova in the semifinals. And that actually... last game, when uh, when she was serving for it as well, that was an absolutely epic match. I think I think Carolina saved uh, four match points in that game. She really made her work for it, and she broke through. Yep, and you're right. She was. She was absolutely brilliant. And Jennifer Brady, let's not forget, played her first Grand Slam four years ago only. Four years ago, Joel. Yeah. Um, and yep. the, the 2017 Australian Open, she made the fourth round in her first slam, qualified through the draw. Um, and that is, so how many she played now? Four, eight, 11, 14. This is her 15th slam only. And she's made a final. Feliciano Lopez has played 75, 75 straight. And only ever gotten to the quarterfinals <laughs> twice. So this is by... And she made the semifinals at the US Open as well. Um, she's one of the informed players. She won a title earlier on in the year. She's playing some damn good tennis. And she is a damn good player. And I thought the final would go a little bit longer. Um, I was a little bit wrong in my predictions. I had Medvedev winning in five and um, Naomi winning in three. Um, oh, let's not even talk about predictions. Man. But yeah, no, our <laughs> predictions were so, so far off. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought she'd get a set off off um, off Osaka, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. But yeah, she she's no slouch of a tennis player, and her ranking will skyrocket again. And she thoroughly deserves to be in the position she's in. And I love her sort of her upbeat nature. She looked like she didn't want to be there in the um in the presentation after the final, but I thought she played a brilliant tournament. And some of the players that she was able to overcome were, you know, they're no slouches by any sense of the word. She overcame Carolina Mukova, um, an informed Jessica Pagula, who had beaten some really strong players. Donna Vekic, um, Kara Yuvan, uh, Madison Brengel, and who was her first round opponent? Uh, uh, Aliona Bolsova, that's right, um, from Spain. So former Moldovan representative as well. Um, but yeah, it's, look, Brilliant result from from Jennifer Brady's point of view, and she'll um I'm double checking what ranking she'll move up to after after this tournament because it is um it is going to be a thirteen I believe 13? I'll stand corrected on that, but I think it's thirteen. Uh, it is. Where is it? I'm just waiting for my page to load here because um because <laughs> internet is just um absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? Um, there we Welcome go. It'll Australia. be yep number thirteen. You are 100 percent correct, Joel. But Barty will stay at number one. Osaka rises above Simona Halep to number two, um, and Halep at three. Sophia Kennan stays at four. Spinalina at five. Pliskova six. Serena Williams up four spots back into the top, um, back into the top eight. So at number seven, 
Bianca Andreescu up one to eight, considering she hasn't played in the, in uh, a year and a half. Not a bad effort from uh, from Bianca to move, good, yeah. to move up. So she's done okay. A um, couple of things. Serena Williams. The wave after losing in her semifinals to Naomi Osaka. She stood there at the corner of the court, the corner of the tram lines before the exit out of Rod Laver Arena and stood there for a good 10 seconds waving to the crowd, put her hand on her chest and then walked off the court. In the press conference, when asked about it, she started to well up. Then another question from Craig Gabriel about her unforced errors caused her to well up even more to the point where she had to leave the press conference because she couldn't, she just couldn't handle the situation anymore. Is that it for Serena Williams at the Australian Open? Has she played her last tournament here in Melbourne Park? Yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it, mate? Um, I think, look, I think if it is, then it's probably not the worst way for her to have a goodbye, I think. Um, I actually think if it is, it would kind of be fitting. It obviously would have been nice for her to have won 24 here. I think that would have been really cool. She's obviously still got a chance to do it. She's got the US Open, um, which would be nice if she can win it on on home turf. Um, Wimbledon, she's every chance. Her game, just as we know, stacks up so well on grass. Roland Garros, probably not. I I reckon that's a bit of a a stretch, but who knows? Um, She's done it before, and I wouldn't put a pass to do it again. But if it is to be the last time we see her here, um, the fact that she bowed out... um, in a, in a semi-final and at the hands of the woman who we believe is going to be the next Serena, but in her own right is, of course, Naomi Osaka and she's yeah. going to make her own reputation. But um, I think in that sense, it'd be it'd be fitting. But if, if we look at the actions in isolation, the elongated waves, and then, um, yeah, the, I think the tears really said a lot. It was, yeah, it was, it was actually pretty hard to watch. Um, but... Yeah, look. Um, yeah, if it is to be the last time we've uh, we've seen Serena in, in Australia uh, at Melbourne Park, um, yeah, what a what a legacy she'll leave behind for the tournament. Yep, one hundred percent. Another semi final, and it was the first time she'd ever lost an Australian Open semi final as well. The last time that she had Naomi Osaka was uh, uh, was almost six years old. So a phenomenal effort from Naomi yeah, well. to do what she did. And Serena has been such a pioneer for women's tennis, and and. Yeah, her getting to 24, I've I've ruled it out. I still don't think it's going to happen because of the players like Naomi Osaka, like Sophia Kennan, that are kind of younger versions of her. And then you've got ladies like Ash Barty um, and Simona Halep that can throw a spanner into the works as well. And Ash Barty's got her own sort of peculiar game that is hard to deal with um, on the women's side of things and hits the ball really heavily but mixes it up with the slice, which isn't seen yeah. very much and is widely renowned as one of the greatest slices ever in the women's game. So... It is going to be a little bit more difficult for Serena. I personally think it is a farewell. Um, just with the tears, they they spoke more words than what she could have in an attempt to explain them at, at yeah, the press conference. Yeah, actually speak louder than words, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that was... And look, there, there, there could be other things. She's always said she wanted to have another child. Could she be pregnant again? That's a question. And yeah, it's... Who knows? So it's... It, it, there's a lot of different possibilities, and I guess we'll see in the coming weeks where Serena places herself and what she does with her season because yeah. the, the whole calendar is still, still up in the air, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it really is. So we'll wait with uh, bated breath to see what happens there. But 
Um, yeah, just before we do move on, Val, I will put it out there on record that I think Serena will get to 24. Really? This year. Yeah. If she I think get, she'll get there. If she gets to 24, this is another one. Does she retire at 24, equaled with Margaret Court, or does she try and go for 25? It's a difficult one. I think, yeah, she should at least make it to the end of the year, I think. Yeah. Get to the close of 2021 um, and reassess how things are at. Um, and, yeah, it's, a bit, it's a, bit of a, a bit of a cliche, but she'll be the one that, that knows where she's at um, and how her body's feeling. Um, but, yeah, look, I again, I really hope she gets there. I think it would be a terrific feat for a person who has done – so much for not only women's tennis but just the sport as as a whole. I think it would be just a really really fitting way for her to to wind her career down. Yep, a hundred percent, and it would be. And God, if she gets there, the amount of fanfare surrounding her will be will be just unfathomable. I I can't even imagine mm-hmm. the crowds that will try and mob her on social media and in person, and when when they can do it in person. And look, I think Serena will want to do look another argument against this retirement is possibly will she want to do a farewell season where she can say goodbye properly to all the fans who knows a lot of players think that might think that's a little bit wanky nowadays to do that but I think some will definitely want to maybe in their own heads that's what they're going to do without revealing it to anybody but um yeah I think it would be nice and fitting for Serena to get to number 24 if she can I I look I disagree with you I don't think she can do it but um yeah it would be an amazing feat if she can uh, replicate Margaret Court's achievement and match her on 24 Grand Slams. But Joel, um, it is our Benoit of the week time. We're doing um, we're doing the show on the Sunday night because I'm heading up to Moama for work. So just on the um, Victoria New South Wales border, over the border. So I had to apply for um, for a couple of permits to get in and out of Victoria, um, which is uh, which oh great. Is very... How'd you go with that? Yeah, no, I think I think good. I haven't been accepted for my New South Wales one yet, which is a bit interesting. But um. But yeah, the oh. yeah. So New South Wales government, if anybody's <laughs> listening up there, please um please accept me because I need to get through and I had to. That. I could only reply. Oh, hang on, your entry has been submitted, but I don't know if that's going to. I don't know if that's going to allow me to to get in or not. I think that's all. I think that's it. All I had to do was uh that my declaration has been received. Okay, so that's there you go. There you go. I'm getting in. Intriguing radio, yeah. It is very intriguing. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm just uh, I'm waffling, but um, yeah, no. Benoit of the week time, Joel. Um, we're doing this show on the Sunday night, and we're not doing our usual Wednesday show, so we're going to have a bit of an extended break. But who is our final Benoit for the next week and a half? Who gets a really long stint as our reigning Benoit champion? <laughs> yeah, well, because he had such a good run at the Australian Open, he can. Uh... Have it a little bit longer. Um, Aslan, Carrots, the Lion, whatever you want to call him, Carrots Eb. So we know how well he did at the Open. He made the semifinals. He was the qualifier. He had a terrific run. There was a great story that Jim Courier told about um, the gear that he had on. So he had the Adidas um, hat, uh, polo, shorts, and then he had the Asics sneakers. And supposedly he really only had the, the one pair. And the story that Jim was telling was that those clothes were given to him by Misha Zverev because he didn't actually have enough clothes for the trip. <laughs> so there you go. Um, next minute makes a semi-final and plays Novak Djokovic, who unfortunately for us, um, dispatched him uh, fairly easily. But uh, I mean, let's face it, I don't, I don't think any of us really expected him to get the uh, job done 
um, against Novak. But nevertheless, he made the semi-final. He's only lost one match now at a, at a Grand Slam. So he's, he still has a pretty good record, um, does the Russian. And um, a couple of our figures that he can take home with him. Um, he's now 850000 Australian dollars richer for the trip. Um, and he's ranked 42 in the world, which is a rise of 72. So very, very well done, Aslan. Just nuts. And, and he also got his photo onto the screens of the Australian Open when they showed the stats after every set. So um, oh, I think massive that, achievement. Yep, I think that was very impressive considering when we saw him against Diego Schwartzman, there was absolutely not a one. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah, so, silhouette. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Just a great silhouette. So, uh, phenomenal effort from uh, Aslan Karatsev to do what he did at the Australian Open and to get through to the semifinals as a qualified. Just a, a scintillating effort. And uh, Carolina Mukhova for her maiden Grand Slam semifinal as well. Fantastic effort from her and the two champions, Novak Djokovic, a nine-time Australian Open champion, an 18-time Grand Slam conqueror, and Naomi Osaka, a four-time Grand Slam conqueror, two US Opens and two Australian Opens in uh, 18 and 19, she's done the exact same pattern, 18 and 19, US Open, Australian Open, and then 20 and 21, US Open, Australian Open. So just two years apart, she's made that pattern a succession. Fantastic stuff from all the players, 256 singles, um, and then all the doubles players as well. Everybody had a fantastic tournament. It's great that we got one under the belt. Um, we got a Grand Slam away in 2021. Not many people thought that we would. Um, considering lockdown, quarantines, um, we had we had our own lockdown during the Australian Open. So, um, yeah, brilliant effort by the Tennis Australia tournament and and officials and Craig Tiley for getting the tournament done, um, and even Kia Man for making an appearance in the uh, in the <laughs> celebration of the ceremonies. What a man! What an absolute wonderful man he is um, for getting for getting himself down to Australia. But Joel, it's been an absolute pleasure reviewing the Australian Open with you. Um, can't wait to see you in a week and a half where we'll hopefully have a very special international guest and we'll leave it at that. Yes, nice little cliffhanger there, mate. Um, enjoy your trip. Hopefully you get over the border, no problem. I hope so. I hope that email that I read to everybody on air was um, was... <laughs> was actually right and that I will get in and that's all I have to show them tomorrow when um when I go over the um the the Echuca Moama border but we'll see we'll see live a little dangerously yeah, just he, he, here's, here's maybe something that you can do if if you don't um if it doesn't come through and you can't get in by road maybe just like you know jump in the Murray River and yeah. swim across and you might find your hip secured as well so yeah. you never know exactly glorified water with positivity who knows <laughs> Who knows? Um, the Novak Djokovic remedy. Joel Frucci, thank you very much, mate. No worries, mate. See you soon. See you soon. And remember, you can listen or you can subscribe on Wooshka, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also wherever you get your shows from. We are there. And you can follow us on social media at Breakpoint Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook, Breakpoint as well. Um, Val Febbo and Joel Frucci signing off for reviewing the 2021 Australian Open. Big congrats to all of the title winners. We'll see you next week.